0: Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway. We're going to talk today about reincarnation and how it comes up in near-death experiences on occasion. I should say that uh, it wasn't until I'd been studying these things for a while before I came across my first uh, experience reading where the concept came up. And since then, I have come across it um, often, not it's it's not like it's uh, more often than not or or incredibly common the idea coming up but it comes up enough that I can't outright ignore it and I wanted to have an episode specifically addressing the question for a couple of reasons Um, one of them it does come up and it's something that is often uncomfortable to people um, because it goes against their belief systems including my own and uh I am addressing it head-on for that reason, and also um, because I don't want it to scare you away. I'm, I'm addressing this uh, to you because I don't want it to scare you away from near-death experiences. Now, you may believe in reincarnation and fully accept it, and that's great. Uh, you know, if that's, if that's how you feel, um, don't let me, uh, don't or don't feel like I'm trying to, to tear down your belief or anything. Um, but as I've said briefly in some previous episodes, I am not, I don't consider myself unbiased. Okay, I don't consider myself completely objective and, you know, at someone standing apart, looking at this from, uh, you know, aside from my own context and so forth. I am absolutely biased. And though you don't hear the uh, louder of my biases or i should say you don't hear all of my biases you hear my louder ones such as this one and yes i the the main reason that i don't believe in reincarnation is because of my religious background which i fully still embrace and yet there has to be a place on a shelf for this concept of reincarnation simply because i keep coming across it that doesn't mean i believe it that means that there's something here going on that I don't know what it is. The, the uh, explanation of reincarnation seems to fit uh, what I'm reading, but it doesn't fit with many of the things on my upper shelves that I, that I believe with certainty. Um, so I'm going to read an experience where um, reincarnation comes up and then I'm going to talk about it more. I'm going to share some of the reasons that I feel like I can be justified in my non-belief of reincarnation, even as one who believes in these near-death experiences. In other words, I'm going to find I'm going to show you from two people who have had rein, uh, sorry, not reincarnation, uh, who have had near-death experiences, and who had the opportunity to inquire of heavenly beings, about reincarnation, and we're told, no, it's not a thing. Um, But we'll get to that shortly. Let's start with the experience. This is by Doug F. on enderf.org. It is, I believe, one of the exceptional near-death experiences, if I'm not mistaken. But you can find it on enderf.org, the Near Death Experience Research Foundation website. He says, in December 1979, after four months in India, I became very sick with amoebic dysentery, foodborne hepatitis A, and deng fever. The physical body weakened to the point where all I could, all that could be done, was to lie in bed at the hotel. I had no strength left. The state of weakness was very peaceful with an awareness that death would soon come. There was no fear, but I had an interest in what lay ahead. With a calm mind, all of the events of my life seemed so Im- that seemed so important slipped away. They had no interest anymore. A realization came that the mind and body in one complete system, not separate, it is one complete system, that the mind and body is one complete system, not separate. Because of this weakened state, my thoughts stopped. With the filter of thoughts gone, a great level of internal awareness arose from my heart. I had heightening the perception of, the perceptions of intuition, seeing, hearing, and feeling, Even though my body was sick with fever, pain, and weakness, there was a wonderful blissful state where every breath brought something dynamic. Everything was so still. Each breath became more pleasurable and expansive. Slowly, a gentle shaking started, even though the body was still. Memories came of having done this many times before. It was so familiar. Pleasant and loving feelings flooded my spirit. The shaking continued. I found myself looking down at this sick body and started to laugh. Soon this body would end. The thought of letting go was pleasurable as releasing all the entanglements of this life neared. This body was so dense, cold and heavy. It was good to let this go. My consciousness, opened like a lotus flower. Everything became vast beyond the size of this universe. Every part of the universe was part of me, and every part of me was part of the universe. There was complete inclusion and acceptance. This was so far beyond any expectation, yet at the same time familiar, hence it wasn't overwhelming. Another realization came to me. Everything is known, and there is nothing to learn. It was clearly understood that there is no heaven or hell. Life on earth is not a school. There is nothing to learn. Life on earth is just an experience, nothing more. Then, suddenly, the fierce grip of fear engulfed me. It felt suffocating, sticky, addictive, desirable, all-consuming, and compelling. The fear started pulling me into reincarnation, and away from all the inclusion and expansive awareness. Aspects of this fear included desire, suffering, and isolation. Identifying with the fear was dragging me back into an unconscious state. Watching this, Osho's words came back to me, If you can observe fear, then how can fear be part of you? by observing the fear i could see the separation between myself and the fear no sooner had i started to observe fear its grip faded and disappeared as the fear released uh, it was followed by another or by other negative emotions of guilt despair greed envy and desire for another body this too could be observed as external addictive influences Soon, all external energy stopped. The feeling of complete awareness of center returned. My roommate was a nurse at the time, and she was with me as my body died. I watched her from a perspective outside of my body. She was taking my pulse and then dropped my wrist in despair. I could also sense her thoughts. She was stressed, not because of my death, but because she was faced with dealing with my body. Looking at the body, what arose was the perfection of the life just lived. This life could not be described as pleasant. In fact it was filled with suffering and hardship. Yet it seemed so perfect as it was observed. Then others other lives, sorry, then other lives lived started to appear in visual format. Each life appeared in a bubble. The entire life from beginning to end in an instant with awareness of every moment of that life as if it was just lived from birth to death. There were many lives, too many to count. Each life was perfect. Reincarnation is part of the human experience, but it is optional. Once I was aware of the addictions pulling me back to another life, then I was ready for what came next. There was a shift and a slight movement. I did not go anywhere. I did not travel a thousand miles. It was the same place, yet it was different, less dense and more expansive. Everything was bathed bathed in a golden light. There were many others around me. They They were all known to me and me to them. My return was met with overwhelming rejoicing. I was home. At the time, I didn't have words to describe the process, like dimensional shifts. I shifted from the third to the fourth dimension as the life left my body with ever-expanding awareness that reached, reached the, to the edge of the universe. Then I shifted into fifth dimension, where everything was illuminated and golden. Later, I heard this was what the Tibetans call the land of the golden light everything was absolutely perfect. A being came to me and asked me to return to the body in the hotel room. My response was, no, I don't want to leave this wondrous place. Then another being, or rather a persona of a man, seated at a table at a cafe, gestured for me to sit down. He introduced himself. In my last life on earth, I was known as George Gurdjieff, Gurdjieff, let's see, George Gurdjieff. I did not know the name at the time. He continued, we need to go back, or we need you to go back. After my joyful reunion in this wonderful place, I was reluctant to do so, but he asked in such a way that I could not refuse. All communication was without words. A thought came to me from another entity that had welcomed me back. If you return, you will lose all memory of this encounter. I commenced a bargaining with Gurchif the terms of my return, on one condition, that you don't take this memory from me, and that I retain all of this experience intact. He could not refuse me either, and it was agreed to let me retain this death experience. Then he added, This is the last time you will have to return, I promise. I took great comfort in this. As I was guided back, first into the fourth dimension, I could feel the expanding awareness shutting down. Then I felt the re-entry into the cold, dense body. My roommate completely freaked out when I reanimated. The next thing I knew, an Indian doctor was at my side. He had just walked in off the street and said, I'll take care of you now. I'm here to help you. He brought me sugar water to get my blood pressure back up and ordered some medications. He never asked for any money, and I never saw him again. That's the end of the experience by Doug F. on enderf.org. So, reincarnation. Before I get into uh, some of the, the little samplets that I'm going to... Or, sorry, before I tell you some of uh, my explanations of why I think um, people think this reincarnation thing is a thing when they come back from their experiences before I go into that those explanations. Let me just share with you um, two pieces of interviews. Okay, this first one is an interview with Howard Storm. And Howard is a well-known near-death experiencer who had a wonderful encounter with Jesus Christ and got to speak with him for quite some time. And in this experience, he actually asked Jesus about reincarnation. And uh, there's not a lot to this. like uh, He doesn't go into any great depth about this particular topic, but I think it's worth sharing. So I'm going to share that now.
1: Let me ask you, one other question since we were on purgatory and and uh working uh working our way toward jesus um what do you think about reincarnation?
2: It's not true. I talked to jesus about it um he he told me definitively other than um miscarriages and abortions and um stillbirths and uh infant deaths, nobody comes back to this world um there are opportunities for people to experience other worlds and other places, but this Jesus explained to this world is um, a very, very low spiritual uh, planet. There's much uh, more evolved planets in the universe, and um, there's no reason for anybody to come back here. This this place isn't um, this. This is like nursery school.
1: Did he hold out much hope for Earth? Oh
2: yeah, he want um, he wants this world to change radically and become like a um, like Garden of Eden, which is going to happen and it's not too far off. It's just um, it's either going to happen with our cooperation or it's going to
1: happen without a cooperation. Would that mean a second coming? Yes. Would that happen regardless of whether we pull ourselves up by our own? bootstraps spiritual bootstraps or or if we fail entirely
2: well the second coming would be welcomed by all people who are looking forward to a, a better world i mean but uh, god wants god wants us to do it god wants worldwide conversion to love and peace and hope and faith and joy and goodness and self-control and all that stuff mm-hmm. and if it happens the second coming will be the most joyous event in human history and if people um hate those sorts of things, which lots of people do, then it's gonna be very painful.
0: Now you may notice that I left the interview going a little longer than the discussion of of uh reincarnation just because I thought that was a little interesting uh thing that he said about uh Jesus Christ coming again. But isn't that interesting how uh how he says that uh it's not thing that we 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 don't come back to this earth as mortals anyway um, but that there are there's plenty else to do basically is kind of what I got out of that here's and I I should say also this was an experience or an interview uh, with Lee Whitting on uh, uh, NDE radio which is the ions uh, podcast so I recommend looking up that podcast, the IONS NDE Radio uh, with Lee Whitting. And here's another experience. This one is from the radio program Coast to Coast, which some of you may recognize as the one that that has some interesting and str- sometimes strange interviews with uh, um, people about everything from US foe, UFO sightings to um, alien abductions to... Uh, to government conspiracies, to now near-death experiences, which isn't it jolly good to be part of this uh, this wonderful community of <laughs> strange idealists? And uh, I I shouldn't say it that way because you know I personally believe that there's other uh, life in the universe. I'm not sure that they're abducting people, <laughs> but but uh, anyway, here's here's an interview with Betty Eating. On coast-to-coast Coast radio.
3: That is so true. And for those that that believe in God, in the higher power, why would they want to limit Him? Uh, and especially for those who say that this is uh, this earth is the prison for the people insane. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, I, as, I've thought that on days. So <laughs> I'm sure that many people have.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, the fact is, is uh, as they explained to me that uh, we are all going through a growth uh, period of growth and to experience the different worlds is a part of that. And so, yes, is there reincarnation? Yes, but not in the sense that we think it to be, but rather that we experience our life here on this earth and there are other worlds that we will experience hereafter. Um, Understanding it and looking at it from that point of view um, is is just absolutely mind-boggling.
1: Are you saying that Okay, there is reincarnation, but you think it's far less an automatic that you come back to Earth.
3: Um, Yes, Uh, actually, they uh, explained it to me that reincarnation is not as we think it to be. That uh, you know, many people say uh, claim that they are uh, well, say Cleopatra, and I know years, years back, I had a psychic who told me that I was uh, Mary Queen of Scots. (laughs) Um, I believed that. I believed it with all my heart because I wanted to believe that I had existed before and not only that but there was a part of me that actually experienced um, the the smells of of, of being inside of of a castle and the loneliness and uh, I I could feel this woman about me Um, when I had my experience and I was I actually inquired about a reincarnation and I was told that cells have memories every cell on the human body right. has memories of everything that has ever existed. And so it would be easy for myself to recall and experience someone like Mary Queen of Scots. And you know, just a couple of years back, I remember the, um uh, um, oh, the first lady, um Clinton's wife I can't remember her name
1: uh, Hillary
3: Hillary the future
1: um, senator in New York
3: yes and she was she was uh, uh, sitting and having these imaginary visits or something with Eleanor Roosevelt right and I understood the process that she was using and actually it, you might say she was sitting down and having a conversation with her own cellular memory because all of our cells have memories of of everything they just recall and so where people recall uh, memories of pre, pre-life as this person or that person or the other, uh, it is not that they lived that life. They are just tapping in to what has already existed, even if it is another person's life. Um, this is our cell memories are passed down genetically.
1: Um, well, the evidence for that. Uh, would be born out, and I know you know about the lady who had the heart and lungs um, transplanted onto her from an, uh, I believe an eighteen year old boy mm-hmm. or a youngster. and she woke up with cravings for I think it was beer and pizza, I don't know what one, <laughs> an, what an eighteen year old would want and yes. then later she and this is what really blew me away, Betty, she dreamed, the donor's
3: name. Oh, wow. That is that's beautiful. It, now, really th- that's
1: cellular memory, uh, that right. has to be cellular memory. It but,
3: is cellular memory. But what
1: does that say, though, about what our composite is? In other words, most uh, scientists would think that our consciousness, everything we are, is in our brains.
3: Well, we are electrical beings. We are made up of light energy, and we are electrical. Um, just as you and I are, are, are speaking right now, and over the airwaves comes, comes our voice,
1: yes. our voices. Yes, yes.
3: This is all electronically produced. It is all sent out there magically, um, and so is our body. And um, so, you see, we are more in tune than we think we are.
1: Well, you know, all of that is true, but uh, for the person with the radio out there, once you and I have said what we have said, it rushes past them, they hear it, but they don't encounter it again, unless we replay it. But I mean, under normal circumstances, it it, it may continue on into space forever, as radio signals are said to do.
3: And they do. But they, they, don't,
1: do. they don't encounter it again, though.
3: They lose their power, their energy, and, um, and it weakens. Yes. And so this is why it, it goes through. But actually... One of the things, again, that I was taught while I was there, and that is that these electrical waves, our voices, yours and mine right now, travel not only to radio to radio, but it actually, the, the vibrations of our, of our tones that we produce literally enter in to every person on this earth. A collector. Yes. And it is through these tones that they caution me that are ver- these, uh, understanding the tones is very important because we can raise or lower the vibrations of of an individual by the tones in our voice.
0: Once again I couldn't resist uh, keeping it going a little further than probably was necessary for our discussion but uh, what an interesting idea about uh, how the ripple effect takes place all the way down to our very words. The very words that we speak, they ripple out into the universe, into every other person to some level, a level that goes clearly beyond just the physical. But anyway, um, so reincarnation. Uh, According to Howard Storm, um, there are other experiences to have besides this mortal life. And that makes sense to me. If we are eternal beings, which we are, then there ought to be much to do on the other side. And uh, I, I can't wait to go visit other planets and things. I can't wait to see what other kinds of animals and plants that there are and what kind of atmospheres and, and skies and horizons and so forth there is to see. And not just to see, but to learn from and to continue this growth process for eternity. Beautiful, beautiful. So... First off, we have, um, let's, let's say, Howard's explanation that there are many experiences in which to have, besides this mortal one. Um, Betty Eady's explanation of cellular memory, the idea that in the body is the memory of every human that came before it genetically, as well as, because we are interconnected um, as one grand family, that probably goes beyond, in some spiritual level, it probably goes beyond just our immediate ancestry, but also cousins and second cousins and 50th cousins, so on. Um, Which may explain some of the further reason also uh, that I feel to justify my my not believing in reincarnation. And I don't really think uh, beliefs of this sort need justification, but we're going to look for evidence for the things we believe. That's just natural. That's human nature. And when we have conviction of the things that we have, it takes more than just, you know, a number of explanations from numerous people or, or maybe, you know, experiences uh, from the other side um, to sway us from those things. And sometimes those beliefs ought to be swayed when we have gone through generations believing, for example, that corporal punishment is going to be the only way to properly teach a child. that And we believe that with every fiber of our beings. That's going to be something that you probably need to uproot and change. Um, but there are other beliefs, that, such as somebody's belief in God, and yet they encounter in science and in history, all these things that give them what feels like evidence against it. Of course they should be looking for evidence for something that is as true as the existence of God. Okay, so again, I am biased. I am... I, I have my beliefs on this thing and I hold strongly to them um, and uh, and that very much feeds my belief that reincarnation as you know returning to this life as another mortal person is concerned. I, I simply don't believe that that's the case. I don't think that happens. it doesn't fit with so much else that I that I believe in and that I read in these near-death experiences. So, Aside from those explanations that were given to you by Howard Storm and uh, Betty Eady, and I'm sure we'll come across others in this further exploration in the future, but uh, um, let me give you a few other thoughts that I've had, or or um, things that I've found. If I remember right, in one of the early episodes, we read about an experience where, um, as this person died, they left their body, and they were in this place of darkness, but also moving toward a light. As they were doing so, they perceived other beings around them. And as they perceived these other beings, they recognized that everybody was in some way open in the sense that, while I, speaking as this person, while I was having my life review, I recognized that the people around me could see that life review also. Now, if I can see the life review of people around me, could I not? Especially being freshly dead people who are trying to figure out where am I? What's going on? And they see the life experience of another person or the life review of another person. They may not even recognize, oh, that's that person's um, life review. That's that person's uh, memories. And they may assume it's their own. They may say, this wasn't my life. This must have been a previous life. And lest you have the argument, well, but what about you know when their life review is from hundreds of years ago? Well, first off, there's no time in this side. So if they've been for 300 years or whatever um, in this dark space, it would feel the same as somebody who was only there for a few moments. uh, Roughly the same, because there is no time as we know it. But the other side of that is, when you get further into these experiences, and when you read enough of them, you start finding that not only do people have memories of a different life than the one they're dying from, but often that life is a life that is present tense. In other words, if they are living multiple lives, some of those lives, they are living on the earth at the same time. Now, part of me has a mind-blown thing. <laughs> you know, what's what in the world? You know, that's amazing. And part of me says, well, wait a minute, though. If we as spirits have the ability to see and recognize others life reviews, and experience their life in full, with all its ramifications that go, go beyond what we can experience in this life, then who's to say that as I'm dying, and experiencing perhaps my own life review, and perhaps in that spirit of life review, looking upon, if only in a, in a similarity aspect meaning that there's something about my life that i'm seeing that oh i need to learn patience for example i struggle with patience that seems to be my life struggle say there is somebody 300 miles away in another state that is experiencing similar difficulties and fighting with the same lessons and my spirit which again location is not a thing time is not a thing reverberates with that spirit, with that need for that lesson, to some extent that I am able to experience that person's life review. Is that a wild stretch of the imagination? Maybe. But most of what I'm seeing here is a wild stretch of the imagination. And when people talk about uh, meeting other people that they knew previous to this life, and then merging with them. This comes up sometimes. Someone will meet on the other side. They'll see someone, oh, wonderful reunion, tears, and so happy to see each other, whether or not this person is someone they knew in this life, but they knew before, and now this grand, beautiful reunion is taking place, and they have this merge experience where they become as one they're not the same spirit all of a sudden, no, but they are suddenly engulfed in each other's full experience their memory, their feelings, their thoughts, their intuitions, their gifts, their abilities, their whole personality, if you can call it that, such that it's as if they experienced that person's entire existence. Now, how that works. I don't know but this is some people's experience they say they they're with somebody they love and they merge with them and they say they saw everything there was to be seen about this person from their memories to their thoughts to their feelings to their attitudes and ideas about everything they become one with them in some way what a remarkable way to become one how incredible they talk about that being so such a fulfilling and deeply uh, um, binding experience that it's it's something that is considered both sacred and and welcomed on the other side. Now if that's possible, if it's possible to fully experience the life, experiences, ideas, uh, ideologies, beliefs of another person through that merging process, what if, the life review as we see it is something of emerging with ourselves. Okay, let's, I'm not going to go into that because I just came up with that on the spot. Um, in such a way that we see ourselves in our, with our memory in this grand way. And then we can also have that same experience with another person. Regardless of location, remember. It could be somebody from another world. It could be a plant It could be an animal because sometimes when people connect with, say, a flower, there seems to be many people that connect with flowers. It's probably because they had this wonderful feeling about flowers on this side, on this this earth as mortals, and they connect, oh, beautiful, stop and smell the roses kind of thing. On that side, they can stop and experience not just the thoughts and feelings and And sense of joy in you looking upon it. But then they can look back through that flower's eyes and see you. And as some have said, they can also see the memories of that flower. Everything that that flower has ever experienced. If that's not a life review, I don't know what is. And if I can experience the life review of a flower, which is not me but it is a separate entity which I can merge with to the point of practically being the same being, well, no wonder we call this unity. No wonder we can say that all of this, all of us are one. We are this unified universe of one, and yet we're all these individual, specific, intelligent beings of of consciousness, with such an incredible capacity to become one with one another, that no wonder, no wonder, the message that keeps coming back is love. No wonder the messages, that simple act of love that you did, just expanded the universe. No wonder that smile that you offered to somebody out of just a pure sense of compassion made all the difference in the world for that individual and every individual that that person ever encountered ever after. Now, if you want to tell me that we live multiple lives and if you believe that, that's fine. Please don't think that I'm trying to think less of you or pull down your belief for that. I just don't see the necessity for it. I just don't see... The uh, requirement not to mention, and this is another biased belief, I believe that Jesus Christ suffered for our sins, suffered them so completely and not just for our sins but our infirmities our 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 incompletenesses our our little quirks and everything that holds us back from our potential. He suffered for all of that. And I say suffered for because I don't know what other word to use except maybe atoned for. That word atone means at one. To become at one with us in his mortal life as the only being who could became at one with all of us. Now, I don't know if that means that his at-one-ment or his atonement was the experience, experiencing of the life review, the complete, utter life review of every single person who would ever live. I don't know if that's what that means, but it seems possible. But what I do conclude is that because of what Christ did, there is not the need for us to suffer every lesson imaginable. Perhaps it would be necessary if that had not taken place. But because of him it is not necessary. And that is why he calls people to repentance. It's not not a way of saying, you've been bad and if you don't want to go to hell, you better fix it. What he's saying is, I have paid the price. I can bring you out of this. Let me do it. Of that I am certain. Of that I am biased beyond reason. I believe that Jesus Christ suffered what he did, experienced what he did, so that we don't have to suffer the penalty for every mistake we ever make. In fact, he offers that we suffer for none of it, because he already has. Now, in my mind, because of that belief in Jesus Christ, that absolute certainty of Jesus Christ, I have no need for the belief that we need to come back to learn the lessons that we didn't learn in this life. I think we need to have an attitude of learning and progressing and trying and striving to grow. Because that's what we're here to do, And because of Jesus Christ, we can do it in a single lifetime, however short that may be. Now, if Howard is right, Howard Storm, when he talks about the, uh, um, you know, the reincarnation is not really a thing coming back to this life, except for babies who, you know, stillbirths and uh, abortions and so forth. According to him, often those children will have an opportunity to come back and i don't have a problem with that i don't i don't know if it's true i don't know if it's necessary and i also don't know if um i can say that i have a conviction of that i, I wouldn't say i have a conviction of that but it seems reasonable to me and i can i can believe that some babies come back who have died too early to be able to really fully experience Life Now, a three-year-old, a five-year-old, a ten-year-old, I'm sorry, anybody who's had a three, five, or ten-year-old knows that they experience the full gamut of, of emotion <laughs> and, and much of the gamut of suffering, though it may not be at the complexity or simplicity, depending on how you're looking at it, of the, uh, the suffering that adults go through. Just having a mortal experience seems to me enough to fill in any blanks that you couldn't receive as a spirit. Because now that I've had this experience, I know how a toothache hurts. I know how it hurts to crush my leg. I know how it is to um, hit my head and have that ding on the corner of the cupboard that's just like, gee, golly, that hurts. I know what that's like. And it, I can, because of those feelings and knowing that I haven't experienced the utmost pain that anyone can experience, I can project a little bit what worse pain might feel like. And I can project what true physical agony might feel like. I've had enough simple agonies to be able to anticipate that. Now, is that to say that I wouldn't be shocked if I were to experience it? No, I I think I probably would. But I think I've experienced enough that if I were to die at this time and then go back and experience somebody else's life review through whatever this merging thing is, I think I could fill in the blanks. At least enough to be able to learn the lessons that are intended by the suffering. And if that's the case, then no wonder eternity, throughout eternity, we continue to grow. Why would we need to come back when we can continue to experience through others' lessons and others' growth and others overcoming. Because we can learn to do the same. I believe that. And I believe that through Jesus Christ, all of that is possible. I do believe that without him, that would not be possible. And perhaps in that situation, it would be required that we come back over and over and over again to have any chance. And that we'd have to eventually get it perfect. And I don't think that's fair. And I don't think it's necessary. So, there's my spiel about uh, why I do not believe in reincarnation as my soul returning to this earth as another mortal being or person or plant or dog or whatever to live another life. I don't think it's necessary. And even from those who s- seem to suggest that it's a thing, it's, there seems to be an aura of you don't have to do this. You don't have to go back. Which is to say that even if this there is some level of reincarnation that is a thing, which I don't believe, at least on this sense, but even if there were, they're trying to say, but don't do it. It's not necessary. From most of them who experience that. Now, again, I don't want to tear down beliefs. I don't want to... Um, tell you that you're wrong if you believe in reincarnation, but I did want to give my views on it. In case there are others of you who have wrestled with this question of, wait a minute, I, I believe there's life after this, after this life, and I believe, I'm starting to believe that, okay, we came from somewhere before, and okay, we have these eternal souls, but you're telling me we got, we're going to be coming back, and that, you don't have to believe that. There is plenty, plenty of other explanations for what people are seeing. And having now given this um, this explanation of my feelings about why um, it's not necessary to assume that reincarnation is a thing. I will refer back to it when we come across these experiences and say, huh, this might be another explanation for some people's belief in reincarnation. And I apologize to those of you who do believe in it. Go ahead and roll your eyes. I probably deserve it, <laughs> but uh, just recognize that's why I'm doing it. Um, and if you have your own questions, if you have things that you're wrestling with about these things, send me a message. I would love to hear these questions because I want to know too. And if there's things that I've already wrestled with like this, I would love to bring it up on the show and be able to talk about it in an open way that maybe provides some alternative thoughts to the the subject. So with that, thank you again so much for listening.